sharing huge space. Look how fast he's going. Polar opposite to the conditions he won in Lords. Rain so close. They're getting the last step down. The crowd is roaring. He is going to do it. He's going to smash the time. Downhill racer and our expert here today, Andrew Needling. Welcome back, podcast fans. This is your Crank Brothers Race Review. It'll be with me, Andrew Nietling. Uh, you're probably tired of my voice. Don't worry, I got you a guest and you'll enjoy it. Crank Brothers is synonymous with DH Racing. Last year, they celebrated 11 years in a row of elite world championship wins with that mallet DH pedal. Now, they've also got some wins with a flat pedal with Sam Hill. Now, they weren't satisfied there. They've been adding to their product lineup. And over the last few years, they've been testing, and now it's a full production set of shoes, host of podium and winning contenders, likes of Bernard Kerr, Lucas Shaw, Laurie Greenlit, Cammy. You know, the list goes on, and I'm excited to dig in. We are halfway through the race series, and I've got none other than Eddie Masters also on those shoes. And he has been on the show before you guys enjoy when he hops in and gives his insight. Eddie Masters, you've dodged two vacuum cleaners. Apparently there's some music going in the restaurant. You're up at 6 a.m. to bring the fans what they want. Insights from Lenzerheider. Yeah, no, needles, mate. You've got me working early today. Um, yeah, we're in transit on our way to Andorra. Um, so we're about, we drove three hours last night. And um, we're going to hit the road early. So, um, yeah, had to get up pretty early to knock this one out. So, yeah, but Lenzer Height, it was a pretty sick race. It was uh, very exciting. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I tune in. I wasn't able to make it out there. And I tune in and it gets going. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, how many of these downhill things can I watch from the couch? And then as the racing goes and the time start ticking and then, you know, Finn comes in with a stormer and then Greg Minar, you know, does the unthinkable, although it's not the unthinkable for him. And you go, okay, we've got a r real race on our hands because look at the stacked list with the qualification. And in the ladies, you could have probably expected uh, a, almost a one-horse race after the qualifying. And, uh, you know, in downhill, if it's, you know, if you think it could maybe happen, it definitely, definitely, you know, will not. It'll it'll be the opposite because there's so many variables. But um, I appreciate you coming on. The vibe, it seemed uh, pretty positive once the track bed in with the changes as well, which is nice. I think it's great when the organizers put that effort in, try change it up, even though it's a similar layup and, and the same sort of slope of hill. Yeah, it was, um, I mean, I'm always pretty stoked to see changes. Um, and like, yeah, it was, it was really good what they put in. Cause it was like raw that, um, that basically just kind of like weed whacked their way around the original top turns and linking it back in it, um, where the first split is at that bridge jump. But, um, it was hard. Like there were a lot of rocks, roots, um, hidden in the undergrowth. So when you, when, when you were riding it and when it was cutting in, um, the lines that you were, we walked and stuff um, and track walk that you thought might work um, wouldn't wouldn't actually work because of the the stuff that you were like encountering underneath the grass, um, and then it was just super slick and like pretty pretty damp under under that grass. So like these roots and rocks were just so slick that. Um, 
there was a lot of head scratching going on. There were so so many people just parked up in this one off campus section for like pretty much the whole of practice. Um which made it pretty hard to like pick your line or to confidently ride it when you're like seeing so many when you're parked up there and you're seeing so many good riders like crash. Um that yeah. Just serious amount of head scratching going on. Um and it kind of because that's at the top of the hill, it kind of like flows on down and you never feel like you're quite gelling with the track. And um, I think you've just got to tell yourself that like everyone's in the same boat. But um, it definitely makes it hard to confidently, especially like for a track like Lenzerheide, where you've, you've got to be really on. You can't be, um, you can't like hemorrhage any time in any of these sectors. Um, so, yeah, it was... For me, it was real. It was tough. I didn't get a. I didn't actually even get a full run until my quality, and I definitely don't like to uh, to race like that. And do you think, in in hindsight, you had to be really patient because that section was going to develop number one. Uh, the weather report seemed good, so by race day, you could see it was sort of dusty, and and it would seem like holding way better consistency. But then again, you've got to get it ready for qualifying almost time runs like you say and get flow and then the second one second point seems from a track that's maybe been given a bit of grief for you know it's got some bike park sections and they try build other sections but sometimes i don't think the flow's there the overall flow it's sort of a bit quick and then it goes into some tight turns you lose flow but this race especially on tv looked great i think it's really coming to its own quite a few years on the circuit now and, uh, mate, it looked great on TV. You know, it's fast. It's action-packed. They got the jumps. They got the steeps. They took that silly plunge away, or at least you could go around it and keep some flow. So, yeah, I guess two-part understanding of, of the course. Yeah, no, I thought um, it was a sick racetrack. I mean, it was challenging for the riders. Um, the margins were quite small, which makes it exciting for the fans to watch. And then... Um, the sections that they did have on the broadcast all look good on TV. Um, and there was like quite a lot of line choice um, that all the lines were pretty, pretty on par with each other as well. So like it meant we had like multiple riders doing different stuff and all still being within touch. Whereas sometimes there's one line that is quite a bit faster and it might only, um, might only like come to fruition like in those top boys but like throughout the whole field we had a lot of different combinations of lines going down and people being competitive on all of them which is pretty cool yeah that's great so the organizers and and uci doing a good job with the taping maybe in Lear gang they suffered a bit trying to get a bit tight with some of the poles and it takes out an option for the rider, which, as you just mentioned, it's it's super cool because, look, there is a f sometimes a faster line, but if your rider's not confident, you're not able to commit. At least here you can move to another line, and, and we saw that. Different lines from the top guys, different lines sort of from Finn and Greg rode them a little bit differently as well, but, you know, that does make for good racing, makes for exciting viewer for us, viewing for mm. us here. Yeah, and I think like so an example would be like um Greg, Laurie, Finn, and maybe BC, Benoit Coulange all rode that inside line over the grassy grassy knoll near the bottom when you're exiting the woods. Um 
And so three of those guys were on the podium, but then Bernard had the fastest through the key section doing another line. Um, So, yeah, it just shows that, you know, that line probably in terms of consistency was like the faster because you had three guys out of the top five doing it. Um, But then Amari and Bernie just out of raw speed rode the main line the fastest. Yeah, and um, I mean, Greg even had a variation of it sort of dropping off the off-camera maybe a little earlier than the others. And like you say, look at a committed rider that's on form. And the same was back with Sam Hill. I'm so Gwyn as well, you know. When these guys are riding at their absolute best, 110%, with confidence, I mean, they'll make any line within reason be able to be fast, fast enough to win a race. Even if he gives up 0.2 there, um, because he's going so fast, any other mere mortal would have been given up 0.5, you know. So, yeah, that was incredible to watch. But speaking about tight, you know, racing gaps and, and a tight course, I don't think you would have bet, especially the two ladies that are on form, I don't know if you would have bet the margins that Cami put in to Miriam in qualification. And that clearly lit a firecracker under Miriam because she came out so swinging. I mean, she was almost riding a different different course to to Cami and the other ladies in the final. I mean, that was an aggressive aggressive run, but committed. Um yeah. She was she she was laying it down, eh? Like uh Yeah, it was visibly, visibly like a insane run, you know? It wasn't yeah, just like it, clinically and clean. It was like visibly the old Miriam just attacking as well. And just like throwing roast up, um, you know, a, a very aggressive uh, race run um, from the get-go. And then also she was she was fighting, when, you know, like pushing the limit the whole way down the track. She didn't let off near the bottom at all. Um, and that's why you just saw the margins just keep increasing. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm definitely not surprised. I think when you are scratching your head like that after qualification, even if you didn't have uh, your best run or you knew you weren't going 100%, you know, for various reasons, which often can happen in quali, you're just gauging your time, right? I mean, you're going to mm. go back to the drawing board pretty hard. So then for Cami, it's a tough one. Do you go, okay, cool, well, that pace can win me a race. So subconsciously, it's it's the polar opposites coming in. Cammy could, you know, protect the lead, protect her pace, and uh, Miriam has zero to lose. She's going as hard as humanly possible w- with so much motivation. There. So it's quite understanding that those gaps sort of switched around. Yeah, I, I fully get what you mean because – in the back of Cammy's mind, she's thinking, oh, I've got a bit of a gap, so I can go a bit conservative on this and still should be, you know, sitting pretty. But then at the same time, she's pissed off Miriam, so Miriam turns up with an aggressive run. So you've got conservative racing versus aggressive, and, you know, aggressive's always going to win in downhill. Yeah, I mean, even if you told yourself, you know, okay, it's a race run, everyone's going to pick up the pace, I'm going to pick up my pace, I'm going to find some seconds. How do you do that when you've you've qualified so much faster? I mean, you must know, okay, cool, I just got to get this thing down the hill. If I stay on my bike, I'm not going to go any slower than that. It's a race run. And Miriam's said, nope. But I mean, she even mentioned like she was pissed off about it. 
you know, getting that much time. What was the time? Let me just quickly look at that. Yeah, it was almost a similar margin that can be put into Miriam over four seconds, sort of four and a half, 4.7 ish. And then the race run was 4.4 the other way. So uh, quite the story yeah. and quite the spectacle for us to to watch. Yeah. Oh, the women's, the women's racing this season has been so exciting. The level at the moment is just insane. Um, and even like, like it's worth talking about the junior girls because like we're, I'm pretty involved in it with uh, having Jenna on our team. And, um, you know, there's three girls coming out of the juniors next year that are just going to slot straight in to be um, top 10 riders in the women's field. So it's just going to, you know, it's it's blowing up at the moment, which is pretty epic to see. And the, the level of racing on the broadcast is so high um, that, yeah, pretty awesome. No, and uh, obviously a story of, of the day as well is Rachel Atherton coming back. Speaking of depth, if she's going to come to more races and maybe you've got some inside track there, I mean, that's obviously was a big storyline and, and was awesome for all the ladies because that brings back another huge name to the sport or the biggest name in, in ladies downhill of the last sort of 15 mm. years is Rachel Atherton. I mean, the riders want that and they embraced it. They, they seem so happy and supportive to have a mom in the field. You know, it's, mm. is it arguably maybe the first one that can crack a podium? I mean, I, I stand to be very corrected there. But I think that is awesome um, for the whole the whole sport and and to see her back. Obviously, she's mentioned fitness isn't there. And gee, yeah. I spoke to him and Dan at Leo Gang and and said and Brendan actually rode with her at their bike park. Said I mean she's riding as good as ever, scarily fast technically and on places she's comfortable. But mm. there's fitness in a race run. There's mental uh, conditioning as well to get through a run. And then I. Saw her, you know, fiddling with her bike um, and and suspension setup the morning of the race. I don't know if you went by there as well. Maybe you were in the video, and uh, that you know that's interesting because she's been not racing since 2019. You're going to lose that touch and feel for bike setup, and you and your mechanic knowing what you need in a race run. So that was interesting because she's scratching her head, and they all were to try get her a setup with her current fitness. Uh, but normally, yeah. you know, four races in, she'll have that bike setup you know, perfectly for, for any condition. Yeah. I was actually just, uh, loitering around in the background when she was at Fox, uh, doing a bit of head scratching and trying to, um, figure out, uh, and I've, I've overheard her saying she just wants to ride like she rides at home. Um, cause I wrote, we rode with them in Dovey at their bike park and, uh, she was flying. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's, She's got some serious pace on the home trails and she's been doing a lot of riding. So um, it might not even be the fit. I mean, like, obviously, I don't have a young baby or anything like that. So I'm sure it takes a lot of uh, time that and you, stuff. That but, you know of. Yeah, yeah, that I know of. But um, she, yeah, she maybe might not have the, like, race fitness, but she's been doing a lot of riding. And, um, yeah, like I said, when I rode with her, she was just ripping. Um, so I think it's just having been away from the races since 2019, it might be more of like your mental kind of fitness 
and um, there's a lot of pressure and stuff and like getting back into that groove. Obviously, she's raced for years and years and years and has been super successful, but um, she would have big expectations of herself. So I'm sure like the dream would be to rock straight back in and get a podium, but that just kind of alludes to the level that um, we're at now that Rachel Atherton can't just like come back after two years and slot straight back into the you know the pointy end of the field even though she, like sixth place is an amazing result but I'm sure um, that will light the fire so maybe I'd be a bit more concerned if she um, continues to come to the races because um, sixth place definitely won't be where she wants to be so like uh I'm sure some of the girls might be a bit worried. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I definitely would be. Um, but the level has shot up uh, since she left as well at the top of the field. And, and as you said, the depth is there. We've got mm. uh, youngsters coming up next year as well. So if you have a subpar race, you ain't near the podium. But in the last, she probably, you know, last few years, she came back two years ago. She might have been on the podium. But, the, you know, we have to look at the time as well. We can look at positions, but factually 15 seconds back, it's not where she wants to be. It's definitely, no. uh, I don't think she's going to come through the stress and, and put sort of the family and the, and the team through that sort of stress. And herself as well, mentally, physically get the training done. So, you know, she's probably going to want to see, can she get back to the pointy end? And uh, once she gets that sort of taste, you know, maybe a few more years. But anyway, I can't speak for her. Alan Milway um, is back coaching them. He says it's t tough. He's in a he's in a close knit circle there, and he can't even guess or gauge sometimes what they want to do. So, uh, oh, it was exciting. It was cool to see her back. And then it's yeah. uh, you've mentioned the juniors. I, I think that's so important to to mention their, their pace um, they're getting such race experience same as the juniors men those top three and and jackson and jordan that have been uh, smashing it back and forth i know jackson got the upper hand but jordan seemed to have an issue with his run a broken finger i think in the run but those guys are slotting into seventh again on the times in the elite field speaking of being worried you might be worried um, as an elite, but I'm not going to go past the other ladies. Valley Hall, pace is there. It's unfortunately the same old thing. I'm not going to hop on it because I think these things happen. I, I hope she's not going to overthink it too much. It's racing. Sometimes those seasons happen where you just end up on the ground more than on two wheels. But she might have to just tone it back a little bit. Um and get fourth, get third, even with a clean run, and then, you know, sort of take like a step to the win because she just wants to come out and win every race because she's got the talent, she's got the potential, she's got the speed. And you see it when she's on the bike. Uh, you can see that can be a race-winning run. And you also see it when she doesn't win because she genuinely looks pretty pissed off. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, the, this is not sitting well with her, which shows no. the fight and, uh, you know. Yeah. But I think uh, as you mature as a racer and realize that you, you're you not going to win every race, um, you know, you've got to build, especially for like if you're going for championships and stuff, like in the in the perfect world, you win every quality, you win every race, and you just wrap the series up with two rounds to go. But it doesn't work like that. Other people are really good at riding their bikes as well. So that's why it's, 
you know um, yeah it turns out there are quite a few professionals that are yeah. very fast at riding bikes down here. yeah and they've also got good equipment and stuff so like you've got to really bring the race to them and uh yeah so like you said um maybe the key is to start you know well we're, we're only we're just bench racing here but yeah just get those thirds and fourths and start building a foundation and uh get your confidence back um because it might not not necessarily a confident thing because it could be overconfidence like you know pushing in areas um that you should have otherwise just you know taken it a bit easy because i saw she crashed um she crashed after that rock triple um before the like motorway jumps um and she's probably just just coming in a little bit a little bit hot and just um you you exit the right next to the tape and she's probably just slipped with it put the back wheel over the edge but yeah um another per, and you know another girl who's when once it all starts clicking i mean she's the world cup champ last year um in a crazy turn of events but um once it all starts clicking it's just going to be another you know another hat to throw in um to bring it to Miriam and Cammy and and the rest of them. Yeah, I was just looking at the results. Like you said, with the junior boys, the seventh fastest time and same for the girls. Gracie would have been seventh fastest time um, in elite women. And also like, it's, um the crazy thing is, is that they ride like, so I went up and watched some of the junior men practice um, just to look at how some lines, because I wanted to change the line for finals and I wanted to just see some people riding it. But like when they're racing at 10 in the morning, like the light is worse. You, there's like always that little bit of dew. So when they're putting down like an impressive, an impressive time, um, they're really putting down a good time. You know, for Jackson to do a 2.50 at 10.30 in the morning and Amory does his 2.47 at, 3.30 in the afternoon. Um, you know, Armory's definitely got the favourable conditions in that. Yeah, depending on the race uh, circuit, sometimes Jackson might have a little bit less beat-up track and nice dirt, and then it gets super dry and almost worse in bits. Maybe it was worse in some, but you're totally right. The top's mm. going to run faster. There's going to be places that are running faster. So it is equally impressive to see those guys handling the pressure and yeah, it's a it's a beautiful place to be when you're a junior and you can rack off wins. Uh, they must just probably manage those expectations going into leads with you know, like you say, they think they can win every race, and now they're going to be on the podium or top ten in elite. Things change once you jump up, but to learn to, you know, you got to deal with the pressure if Jordan's on on your ass there in quali or beating you, and then you've got to step up and you're last man down. All those sort of feelings you can use when you're elite. So it's pretty damn awesome to see. And consistency as well and depth. Monica and, and Farina, I mean, they are, are, are racking off these podiums. Third place for Farina, Eleonora, Eleonora Farina. I mean, that's pretty cool to see. And uh, the splits showed it as well, you know. She had, she had good splits, built speed towards the finish, um, well-earned, well-deserved. And those sort of, Snowball effects for them are, are great. Um, yeah, Eleanor's run. She was she was aggressive as well. She was like she was throwing 
really given it to them, which was pretty sick. Um, because we've only really seen, I've, I've only really seen that kind of like style out of her when she's riding at like Val de Sol, places that she seems super comfortable with. Um, and then another one worth mentioning was Jess Blewett coming back from injury straight into ninth place, which is pretty sick after, you know, crashing out in Snowshoe last year and having that horrific list of injuries and then coming back only to break a collarbone first race back at um, Fort William. Um, so that's pretty impressive because she's the, you know, she's she's a young a girl who's gonna, um, she's got a pretty bright future and a Kiwi too. So I'm always got my close eye on them. Well, as as you would, but no, you're right. I mean, the pace definitely was standing out, and then she's just had this horrific luck. So that takes some huge mental strength to come back, and a great solid result. And the the mm. junior from New Zealand in second what I mean have you got any inside info there have you been keeping an eye on him yeah he's a yeah he's just a loose young Kiwi eh? he's, <laughs> well which um, of them aren't yeah yeah exactly he likes to hang it out on and off the bike Laughlin um, Stevens McNabb yeah you'd know more than me um, but he seems like a cool kid yeah he's he's a legend eh? and um, you know he's just really found his feet really happy at the union um I think they've got like a pretty good program going on for like harboring talent and it's kind of, you know, like under Santa Cruz's wing, but also like out on your own. Like it's not like you're just the B team, they're kind of their own team. Um, but yeah, pretty epic and a, like a hell of a fast time. Um, 251 would have, you know, that's, that's, top, that's top 20 in elite. Um, and that's only going to be, you know, confidence inspiring as you head into um, the elite men. But I think it's just so cool to have those three. And also um, there's a kid, the Australian kid, Remy Meyer-Smith, in, uh, in that group with Jackson, Jordan, Lockie. Um, to have that kind of like level of competition, because it would, it would have been a shame if Jackson was just winning every race. More kind of a shame probably for him as well. But having this kind of like these three guys to battle with um, is only like elevating their performances before they go into elite where they're going to be into like a seriously competitive environment. So I think it's, um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty, they're pretty lucky. And also it's like really setting them up for like what's, what's to come. Yeah, no, I couldn't couldn't agree more. I think they're lucky to have it. It's it's tough. I mean, I'm sure they would love to walk a season, but I think to be, have to fight and trade blows here, and then Lachlan sneaks into second. You're like, hey, it's not just you two at the top here. You guys need to stay on your bikes. You need to ride fast, otherwise, we're gonna nick some of these wins, uh, the podiums. Yeah, I'm loving it. It just seems like every race, things get more exciting. The level gets raised, and. Uh, Moving on to the men, if I haven't, if I have forgot something, just jump in. We'll go back and forth. It's it, it's easy. I think uh, another another person back in the mix, which is great to see, but equally hard on himself, like Rachel would be, is is Luke Bruni. I mean, he didn't even do the quali run. I said he was in a bit of pain, nursing, and then he gets twenty third. Now twenty third a few years ago, that that hurt, but these days it hurts, but it shouldn't because there's so much depth, there's so much pace. There is way more 
competition in this field. So for him, he's he's looking at the number, but maybe not the time and all the you know surroundings. Um, so um, yeah, and I think I think um, so. Like yeah, just chatting to Bruni after the race, he was just he said he was surprised at how high the pace was. Um, and I think one thing that kind of wouldn't have helped his case would have been not doing the quali run. And I don't know whether he did time training either. So like when you don't have, when you don't have like a quantifiable time to translate, like that corresponds to how you, how a run felt like it's really hard to like your first timed run is like, that's all you can build on. Um, Whereas, like, if you've done time training and you did a 2.54, when you do your quali, you know what a 2.54 felt like. So you know whether, you, where you, where you're, like, whether you're going faster, whether you hit, like, in your time training run, you might have hit a turn, and then in your quali run, you're hitting it faster. So you're like, okay, I'm, go- I'm going quicker. Like, my, my time is going to be faster. And then you can take that from quali into race run as well. And, like, you can improve and sharpen the pencil on all these little areas so like yeah you know the feeling of a time whereas doing what Bruni did is just he just went straight into his race run well that might have actually been his first time training run if he'd done one and he could have done two faster times than that so I think uh yeah and also just being not quite riding himself like you said he just um didn't quite have the confidence but he came to race to get the ball rolling in terms of getting back up to speed. So, I mean, yeah, not you're not always just going to come back from injury and just slot straight back to where you were, especially not at the moment and on a track like that. No, there's so many things that were against him, and, and I couldn't agree more. I was going to mention that, that on a track like that, maybe another track, if you haven't been out with injury and you need to do that in quali and miss the quali, yeah, it's doable. Because you know, like your body and your mind, you know what World Cup race pace in 2022 is. He doesn't know mm. that. He's, he's missed round two and round three. You're coming in so behind the eight ball. Everyone is just working up their pace. Like, you know, Greg doesn't always have the pace at the first round. Then normally by Fort William, he gets it and he kind of had it, but things weren't going his way. So he's forcing himself into race pace and he figured it out. Took him four races. Now, Loic's missed those two and he's on a track that you have to be so committed from the first turn because you can't give any speed up. So, And then obviously he hasn't had bike time, he hasn't had so many things. So, mm. yeah, that's why I say like on paper 23 doesn't sound good, but he's only five seconds back. Um, and that on a tight track is is good. And like you say, you know, not doing quality doesn't help. I did think he did a time run. It looked like he gauged himself there, but your body and your mind and like you say, the feeling knows. You know in your mind, next time you go out there, that turn you could have break less. That turn you messed up. Could have got two pedals in there, not just one. And that's how these guys build these incredible race runs, which we on TV look, go, how on earth did he do that? Well, it started on track walk on Wednesday. The plan, the execution, and getting things wrong, checking your time. So, yeah, I think it's awesome to see him back. Of course, he's a, he's a champion and he's going to be hard on himself. Um, and that's what will get him back probably quicker. But like you say, it's it's a it's a tough pull to swallow because he could have taken another week or two to get the body right. 
but then he's missing another two or three races and then he's coming in further behind the eight ball on the pace. Yeah, I think you made the right call. Like um, the best practice for racing is racing. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like, and he's, you know, he could have spent another two weeks and gotten a bit stronger on the bike, but it might have, he still might have slotted into 23rd at the first race he comes back at. So you may as well just get the ball rolling. And I think that's like what his idea was. So, you know, 23rd's not where like Bruni likes being, but at the same time, um, it'll probably like accelerate the like Bruni back to where we normally expect him to be. Yeah, exactly. And he can get into the season with, quite a few races you'll get another three world cups before world champs in Leger so I would argue that body mind and and pace that's a really good timing for him and maybe he's super hungry the other guys are burnt out or I would say title race but uh, we'll get to that later Amari's got quite a bit of points ahead of second so we might yeah, title yeah. race might be wrapped up by then which uh, could be dangerous for the Leger fans seeing Umri there already wrapped up the title yeah I mean but, uh, yeah um, Shane well someone that won't be happy with 16th because of the issues he had but on normal circumstances not the worst result at a World Cup but Angel Suarez man yeah crazy fast splits he was third at split two and he still got 16th on such a short track with that issue in the steeps man he's riding he's on fire this week I think he was fastest at um, and seeding at split two and then same again had some issues lower down the track but um, yeah he is he's fired up eh? is it it's, looking like uh, that in practice are you seeing that extra commitment and pace from him in practice I think he's just he's quite a smooth operator um, so like especially when you like compare so like with those common cell 100 guys with uh, Frick Frick Frick's Frick's and um a stack you definitely see like angels like bit of this he's like pretty calculated and um yeah so i don't know he's just he's yeah he's just he's racing really well um like i if you asked me in after practice or something I, he probably wouldn't feature in my like top three top five um guys who are lighting it up but um this season, he's he's just turning up in the race runs and in any of the time runs. Yeah, he's a he's a calculated, smooth rider as well. Obviously, going crazy fast, but sometimes deceptively fast. Someone like Josh comes to mind. Never really looked like as fast as some guys, but obviously carrying great pace, uh, great technique on the bike as well. And uh, you know, he's finally fit. Uh, he's on the same bike that's that's winning. So that'll that'll help. But I did think that you needed that. It was a clinical race run that would win or do well. And and you saw that from Greg. You saw that from Finn was neat. Someone like the Preller looked like he was bringing that aggression and fight that he brings to some tracks. And mm -hmm. here, it's such a fine line. Other tracks, I think you can get away with it. Aggression can get you down the hill really fast. Here, I just think he was almost fighting it a bit much. It just seemed that maybe... Um, that riding style because Amory was going crazy fast, but it was pretty clinical considering the way we see Amory ride at other tracks. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, you had to be, yeah, you couldn't, couldn't override it. 
and you just you couldn't afford to like shroud any turns you know like even just like little things like that breaking traction where you don't want to be is just like you're just losing time um anytime that like you know the bike's not balanced and stuff and that you're forcing to like drag brake it's like when the margins are so small if you're like missing your braking points and then having to drag brake um you know you're only losing like average speed so like yeah you've got to really you know you've got to really execute your plan of the race run like hitting your lines um you know on the brakes hard where you need to be but then completely off them um to get that rolling speed because you just want to carry that that the speed that you're entering sections is just dictating your exit speed and you carry that the whole way down the course um and that's why when you see the good runs it looks like they're putting down a smooth run but i'm sure but like when you're riding like it's pretty rough out there no, I mean it. It was rough, and 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 sometimes when you attack too much and you miss your pump, you you're in the braking bumps, and that slows you down as well. And a lot of the a lot of those turns don't have steep exits; they sort of go mm. back up the hill again. Um, some of them are quite flat with that loose shit on, like you said. So, if you see the guys and it looks cool and he's shrulping, that is slower um, because yeah. often yeah. these turns don't have like a steep fall away into the next turn. They're sort of traversing the hill, and then you turn again, you traverse a bit. Um, so yeah, that that was something that maybe he just and that happens. It's like a it's a one percent difference of overriding versus having a, a clinically fast run. Yeah, it's a, yeah exactly that, and just like with when these lines develop, the lot the ride or the race line would be about a foot wide of like hard pack where you can get traction, and then on the either on the on the verges, it's like that soft shit where um as soon as you're in that um you're either it rolls slower and it's sketchy um so yeah you don't you almost don't want to see any roost or anything in the turns <laughs> to spot no, not on cool. not on this track you know no definitely not i saw that even in the fast top camber on the video you know there was a good inside rut but if you if you're a little bit even half a foot higher, that was in the soft stuff, and then you're going to lose mm. momentum. So, yeah, you had to be picture perfect, and, and that's what we saw from the top three guys. I mean, Finn Isles, he's come back from the concussion, so that's not an issue anymore. Uh, he was fast at Crankworks. Um, as my memory serves me, he was on this prototype in the time run or the quali and went back to the other one, and he put in a storming one there. So new bike... He clearly likes it. He's clearly seen in timed runs that it's faster. So for him, that's going to give him confidence. He wants to get straight on that. Whether it's a placebo effect or not, uh, that's going to help the head. But he did look incredibly fast, obviously, middle and the bottom, pushing hard. But the traction he was able to find was also something special. Yeah, um, so I'm pretty sure he did race the um, prototype. No, on the and the Crankworks day, the finals. I'll, oh, yeah, I'll go yeah, back, yeah, yeah. but the finals day he didn't. But he was on it, and I think he timed on it. Maybe he wanted to do a comparison. Who knows? Yeah, I think that's that's what he that's what he did. Um, he wanted to do his fastest possible run on the new bike in Collie, and then compare it with the old bike. Um, and then yeah, he ended up racing the the new bike here in Lenzerheide and obviously it was seemed to work pretty well and he put down a sick run he did like these two six scrubs um 
like he looked like he was enjoying himself out there. Um, yeah, 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 exactly. To be doing that sort of stuff, it's normally a play play style. Um, he was just, it's just common for him in a race. Yeah, you know, it did look like he was having fun and mm. incredibly aware of the traction, front wheel versus back wheel as well on those scrubs, you know, and it was good to see. It was really good to see, sort of coming into his own, trusting himself. Yes, Loic's mm. not there, but that whole narrative and storyline, I think, is dead. I mean, he's just, yeah. he is racing himself now. Bittersweet pill to swallow. I mean, he's probably in the back of his mind. He's always been that confident to win a race, right? He's always said, I want to yeah. win a race. He's not a guy that holds back and, and lacks self-belief and confidence. He probably has more self-belief and confidence than Loic and Greg. Those guys seem to, you know, always sort of not, they're not outwardly confident. And they'll, they'll even mention mm. that, you know, they're always making sure like, is the bike set up? Is this set up? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, uh, is my line fine? You know, so that, that's creates uh, greatness, I think, because they're always trying to improve. But I think props, props to Finn. I mean, he's just come against someone like Amory's won three for four. He's on an absolute mm. roll. He's fit, he's healthy, he's strong. And uh, it's paying off riding at, you know, over 100%. Yeah, and Finn's coming back from that concussion. Um, so that, that this was his first World Cup back since Fort William. I think, yeah, he missed there again. Um, and, yeah, it's just, I don't know, I really enjoy watching Finn race. Like, it's like he's got a sick style. He's like really strong. Um, you can see that, like the way that he's like body position and stuff. He's not really getting thrown around much, but then he's like super skilled and talented, like the kind of new age kid who's, you know, he's grown up in Whistler. He's got sick style. He can do massive whips. Um, so when you put all that together, it's it's pretty cool to watch. And then at the same time, he's getting the confidence and he's stepping out from the shadow of Bruni and becoming. You know, it's Bruni and Finn um, on Specialized, not like Finn under Bruni. The apprentice is getting qualified type thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. They're uh, they're like the syndicate was back in the day, having two, three top riders. You know, they've got the two two top riders when they're fit and healthy. So, and they'll push each other, I think, in a good way. Now, it'll bring it'll bring a Loic back quicker, I think. And um, we'll go straight into the pointy end here, and then maybe we'll go into some obviously big mentions and notables. But before yes, we sir. do fourth or fifth, Greg, I mean, it, it seems like with his age, he almost needs a bigger event. He needs more pressure to like yeah, pull yeah. himself out of, you know, if you've been doing it this long, it's probably quite a challenge to get, you know, that motivated and, and risk life and limb out there. But now he's got 26 of, of his friends and family and his dad who hasn't been to a race in six years. I mean, that's emotional for him. And it seems like it, it often or mostly brings out the best in him, which is incredible because some other people will be like, oh, I really want to do well in front of all these people have flown out for me. But it seems to help him lift his game and get him even more focused on the job at hand. And it's a, it's a track he's obviously won at done well at in the past. But, I mean, that's the type of run you need there, clinical Greg Minar run. He was pushing 110% where he knows he can. He's one of the best at 
you know, sometimes with Amri, obviously he's building a run and he knows where he's going to go fast, but it's just always fast. But Greg is like, okay, I don't suit this style of track or this section. Mm. I'm going to go 95. And then there's sections where you see him going 110. The pedal strokes are in the perfect position as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like there were, there were sections, so we like talked about how there was so much line choice and stuff. But like these are like pretty technical sections where you could easily make a mistake, especially like down that steep chute into the right hander. Um, and so we were talking about it like in the team and stuff, and like these the top guys are so good at like they're really racing on the easy stuff, like pulling time on what you you're not focusing on because you're like focusing on like getting down this the the shoots or the technical stuff but like you're probably going down the technical stuff at the same speed but where they're pulling the time is like on the easy stuff like the bike park stuff where you know where there's no risk they're like really attacking and i think greg yeah greg's really good at that um well they all they, they all are that's why they're the top guys but um yeah just like pulling time and attacking where there is like minimal risk or um, not as much it gives you a huge amount of time at the finish line. Yeah, I think that's a it's a key point. Um, that's how he builds his run. He, he's so methodical about where he's going to push, where he feels good, and where he doesn't, um, where he's puzzling or whatever he may call it. You know, he might back it down a little bit, and that's why we probably see less race run crashes from him than, than any, any other rider. And, and unfortunately, the experience is shining through. Um, the guys that qualified really well, unfortunately, maybe need to get more comfortable in that position. Um, and it's just the nature of the sport and, and experience. You know, someone like Dakota Norton qualifying in second, that's a that's a big big ask for him. That's different for him. That's not as not a normal spot for him to quali. And and I thought his riding style and his pace and it was a really unfortunate place to crash. I mean, I do know someone else on this call, <laughs> me, <laughs> has crashed in that exact place and and, yeah. and broke my hand. So it, it is a place you that that you can crash clearly. So uh, yeah, you don't want to see that. He seems in good spirits about it, and it, it it should be a confidence booster for him to see the pace is like incredibly high. I mean, his splits were insane, but how how smooth he's a smooth operator as well. He is. He's it's, yeah. He's silky smooth. Um, he's so good. Like I think it's been back like a bunch of years that he's been like the fastest on the motorway at Leo Gang and stuff. He's just got like amazing talent for pumping scrubbing um so there's certain tracks that really like suit him and then now he's got a good bike he seems sort of really happy in his team that um yeah his pace is real high i think he was up to second when he went through that split um just looking at the at the times now yeah he was second um at the third split in that run um before obviously disaster struck but like Maybe that's the that's the thing is like you, when you when you um, compare with someone like Greg who's got the, all this experience, um, he might have just backed off a touch into that corner because there are so many like little rocks and stuff right by your pedals, and also like you're turning onto that bridge, like you'd know it's um it's pretty easy it's pretty easy for it to go wrong, 
um, couple of times in practice, I actually like, yeah, just got a bit sketchy and ended up blowing through the tape and, um, or just like parking it in that turn. Um, whereas like if that was a race run, you're not going to park it. You're just going to try and keep riding it. And, um, unfortunately for Dak, it, um, it, he got bit, but I mean, it's, yeah, me and when we're talking about it at, um, Leo gang that like, he he's another guy who could just go out and win one of these races like any day soon. Like he's, um, he's been putting down some fast runs. Um, you know, he hasn't been regularly hitting the podium, but he's been like riding at pace that, you know, like a blistering pace where he could just win. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised. So yeah, hopefully this is like confidence inspiring and not, going to like knock his confidence because it could you could take it two ways yeah i mean i, I i'm gonna bet that it that it definitely helps his confidence if you can just be aware of especially where he crashed i mean it, it, it yeah it was a real unfortunate one and things do move you know there could have been a small rock in the track that got bumped from another rider there's so many variables there definitely <clears> and um speaking of confidence we've got hatton as well in the top 10 again but Andreas yep. Kolb, I mean, to go from a podium, your first podium, Euro champs, and then another podium, often that second podium doesn't come that quickly. But for him to knock that out again, I mean, speaking of snowball effects for maybe that'll be the title of the, the podcast, but holy hell, that'll feel good. Yeah, yeah, man. Andy Kolb, he's, uh, he's really found his feet. So has the whole, I mean, the whole Everton team has. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, Charlie, he's been in the top 10 back to back and then Andy back to back podiums. And he was fastest at the first two splits before he made what could have been like, I mean, he's 1.7 seconds back. So I don't think he would have lost 1.7 with that mistake, but that was a, you know, a pretty key crucial error. Um, after the road gap on that inside who just lost the back wheel. Um, but yeah, like that's, he's taking it to the top boys. And um, I mean, he's just firmly like cemented himself as a top boy with him like for this year. So just out of like two races, you weren't, you weren't going to spot it last year or coming in. There was definitely glimpses, lots of glimpses yeah. in, in the nicest yeah. possible way. It, it definitely has happened quicker than we probably all would have envision and him as well considering he was coming back from an injury at that Leo yeah. gang with no expectations so it'll be interesting to see now with expectations maybe building on himself and and other people around him uh, having two podiums are really pretty special but it's awesome to see that's the depth i mean that's what lois got to be aware of is i mean look at the depth on the podium look at guys you didn't think would be there two in a season i mean Loris Vergier hasn't had a podium this year. I mean, you would not have bet your bottom dollar that that would have happened. Nah. <laughs> I would have had Loris, like, pretty close to my top guy going for the overall, um, you know, going off the speed and stuff that he had last year. Obviously, the overall didn't really work out for him in the, in the, at the final round. But um, in terms of raw speed, I would have had him as the fastest guy in 2021. Um, but yeah, so it's pretty crazy when you look at all these names 
like Deprella in tenth, you know, and that's like a bad weekend for Deprella. It's pretty. That's ten. There's ten guys in there who all can just turn up and win a race at the drop of a hat. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> sick, <laughs> you're, you're sick, easy, sick. right? Yeah, sick as like a fan because like while I'm still racing, like I still really enjoy just like watching the race. Um, especially when you've like ridden the track and stuff, you can appreciate the lines or the speed and you know, Hey, that like, you know, like, wow, that was, that was loose. Um, and it's just exciting. It's so like, I mean, we can just segue into Armory's run. It was like, he's visibly, yes, he's only been one, he's only 1.4 seconds faster than Finn. Um, but visibly on the track, he was just, he's just flying. And I, he's just got such an epic, like, way of executing his race runs is the way that he like pumps the bike and he's just, he, he hangs it out, but it's like, uh, just, it looks so sick. <laughs> yeah. And he's just, he's as wild as some of the runs have been in the past. This one, he just, he had great body position. He's low. He's like low fighting attack mode traction. He's going so fast is probably why he's breaking traction, but otherwise it looks like he's putting the tires where he want and leaning the bike and he's sort of upright when there isn't traction. And I mean, he, yeah, he's got the bike set up good as well. Uh, it's not the lightest machine in the paddock. So you need to be strong and fit and hungry to get that thing down the hill. But once he's got it going, yeah, it was, uh, it was like a, it was a, it was a train without a, you know, just letting loose on those tracks. You weren't going to slow it down at any time. Yeah, it definitely seems to be working. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, unfortunately for everyone else in the field, yeah, three for four wins. I mean, that's mm. it's rather dominating. And how many? Um, I'll just pull up his points. Oh, the points. Quite... Yeah, you just scroll down. I was looking at it now. Uh, he's. Over a race win ahead. Where is it? Oh, here we go. So his points are 830. And then Matt Walker, which is pretty awesome to see, backing up, mm. you know, that that series win now after lackluster 2021. He's got that win under his belt. He got sixth place here. He's actually in second, but it's 556. So quite a few points back. You know, 264-ish back. No, 274 back. It's over a race yeah. win and a quality win combined, the two fifty points. Yeah, so he's got a race he's in firmly hand. in the drive. Yeah, he's firmly in the driver's seat in terms of uh, yeah the overall, and he's got like look at his points. He's got two thirty, two twenty five, two fifty. His worst his worst overall result is a fifth, but he's gone. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty loose. Yeah, and I mean, his race result was a fourth. He just had a bad um, quality. Well, his worst results, a fourth there. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty good. We, I don't think we need to harp on more on, on, on how insane that run was. Um, nah. But you see it, man. The, the way he talks about it, the, his, his goal is to win. He believes he can. Um, and that's what he's fighting for. Other guys might be just trying to get a clean run going fast. I mean, mm. he is there to win his preparation, walking the track. He said he put more effort than than other races almost. 
trying to get that perfect run, walking the track a lot more than, and you probably can with a short track like that and with how small the margins are. So, yeah, that was pretty insane to see. And like you said, there's how many guys that can win a race. Well, I mean, Danny Hart, he's done well here in the past, you know, very yeah, he well. Was, he was <laughs> And 12. he was in 12. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's pretty it's hectic. But, yeah. but, yeah, no, just one little uh, armory thing is, yeah, my, like you said, he's here to win. And uh, one of my friends watched the race just lapping out the gondola because the gondola just goes above the track so you can just like watch and it's random but he was said he was just near the start um in the gondola when Amory dropped in and he said um before he said he was just the way that he was like holding himself in the gate and just chilling um Dan said that he kind of had a feeling that he was going to win the race before it was even won you know you, you kind of just get that from someone when you see them in the gate like he was confident and um yeah obviously he did <laughs> he's he, yeah he's not there to come second and he knows it no definitely not and, and that's an awesome thing to see and to witness and and see someone hold themselves and and be able to be calm that i'm going to put down a run um but he's mm. he's touch wood not riding that overconfident amri he's just really within himself and, and confident going about his business. Um, whew, yeah, that was rather, rather impressive to see. There was something else here. Where was... Quick little shout-out for uh, Tohoto. Um, yes, in definitely. And, in uh, yeah. Yeah, and your fellow countryman, Brooke McDonald, back in qualifying pace mix, just having a yeah, little slide no, out there in the final. It was good to see the MS Mondraker boys turn up um this week because they've had um a few trials and tribulations with flat tires and stuff and um you know for Tohoto and he signs on a new team and then you still haven't been able to put down a race run yet I think the um that would start weighing on you so I said to him at the bottom it's good for good to get the train back on the tracks and um yeah I think both those guys would be pretty stoked um you know Brooks run might not have gone his way but um just in terms of like getting the ball moving in the right direction. Um, Lindsay Hub was pretty good for those guys. Yeah, man. It was pretty good for your uh, T-boss. For the boss, man. Yeah. F- finally smoking his, his riders. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's cool. To, it's cool to see Bernie. I know he's been putting the effort in and, and doing a lot of riding, yeah. a lot of testing. It's cool to see. Yeah, no, he seemed really happy. Obviously, um, being 0.8 off the podium is a tough pill to swallow, but um, because he didn't have the perfect run, he said. But um, no, nah, he's riding really well, and um, yeah, he definitely he seemed he seemed stoked. Um, hadn't been in the top ten for a while, so um, yeah, no, we were we were stoked for him. Yeah, holding down the fort. No, no, it was good to see, and, and it's exciting for us. And, and Gwyn, it, I mean, now watching a bit more of behind the scenes with him, um, it seems like he's verbally mentioned that he's happy to build step by step. Um, and and he's he's in this position. Um, he's just sort of, it, it, it's a, that's the sport. It's so fickle, you know. Sometimes you're at the top, sometimes you're battling. So I think this is a good building block again for him. Sort of a dry race. 
Uh, I think he had an issue as well. Must have clipped something because he showed like issues with his finger or like a cut. Um, So maybe not a perfect run, but something to build on in 11th. Doesn't sound great for Aaron Gwynn, but we've just spoken about how deep the field is. Yeah, yeah. Look at all the names above him. It could have easily been a podium on any other day and then you're totally building confidence from that. So, uh, yeah, that was... That's good to see, and 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 I think we've it's, you know, it comes up in the podcast. We all want to see all these guys back to their best, their potential. So, but it seems like he's aware that maybe it's some steps he has to take before he knocks on, say, the podium. Maybe the podium is the next goal, and then who knows? Knock out a win. I mean, it would be you, no one's going to be surprised if Aaron just came back and won. They will, like obviously they'll be like oh well like where did that come from he hasn't been on uh, you know his usual you know meh, like for a few years but he's Aaron Gwynn so <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah you can you can't you can't write off a champion like that like no never never credit where these... credits credits due you know that's unfortunately you know he's good as your last race they say I don't believe mm. in that but. Um... It's unfortunately the way the industry goes, but um, and people people say like you get, you know, you quickly forgotten, but you don't quickly forget people like Aaron Gwynn. So, no, <laughs> like, not people that sort of changed the sport and maybe brought us yeah. to where we are today of, of even more commitment in the training or you know mm. realizing oh we're probably going to be riding at one hundred and ten percent in some of these sections, not ninety five. Yeah. Um, and we're going to be in the gym a bit more or whatever it may be. You, you were forced to elevate your game um, yeah. and he elevated the sport. And uh, we co- we're not going to sign off because I know you've got a bit more of a drive to Andorra because we've got a back-to-back World Cup coming up, which is awesome. Uh, Benoit, On a new track too. Yeah, new track. But before that, Benoit mm. just sneaks into fifth yeah. under the radar. Another podium. BC. No, no yeah. big deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, he's just, yeah, I'm sure um, he'd be stoked to be fifth, but I'd say BC's racing for that first race win these days. Um, and, you know, he's he's now a regular podium guy. So fifth, while he'll be accepting, you know, that's acceptable for him, I'd say he wants more. Um and he'll just back to the drawing board another race this weekend. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see BC in the top five again. And who knows? Like, because I think he really wants and deserves that first race win. And when he gets it, no one's going to be surprised. Yeah, I mean, he's third in the points as well. Four races in. His consistency is paying off with uh, an issue at Leo Gang. So he hasn't had his best, best season technically, which is pretty scary. So yeah, mm. love chatting to him. Um, shout out if he listens to the podcast. He said, you know, he listens to some podcasts. When I went up, kind of nervously, how can I get a get a voice note for the podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I listened to it. I'm like, what? No, no, I listened to your podcast. I was like, well, that's so cool. I think he was like mm. pretty ner- nervous to have a little voice note for the podcast, but I was pretty honored that he listens to it. So that's pretty cool. I think he learned some of his English through some of us talking shit here so hopefully he doesn't <laughs> learn yeah. too much but uh lucas yeah. shaw as well great quali didn't go his way but that's good good for him new team new bike he's also been sort of building 
he just seems real stoked at the moment. Um, he's always he's always like a pretty stoked guy, but like stoked in terms of his racing. He seems happy on the bike. Got a good thing going on. It's, I think it's pretty handy when they've got Fab on the track side because he is very analytical and it is, um, you know, obviously been a hell of a bike rider himself, having someone like that um, helping out with lines and technique and whatnot. Um, seems to be working pretty well for Luca. So, um, yeah, obviously it didn't go his way this week, but he's riding, you know, quality fifth and he's on pace for sure. Yeah, that'll definitely help, man. Having someone that's been there, done it, um, in your in your corner is is great. Sometimes to just give you that confidence you need. But yeah, he seems very much in a happy place. And uh, many riders, men and women, we maybe didn't mention, but mm. we can't get to them all. Doesn't mean we weren't impressed by it. But we've got a new track. What can I mean? We've all seen some videos, some GoPros. They had a little test race. Looks pretty. Looks pretty good. Um... You know, it looks like a lot of jumps, berms, but the dirt in Andorra, like up higher up, it's going to get really rough. It'll get really loose. Um, and then just a new track, it's cool. Uh, hopefully the broadcast is really good because it's like it's further up the hill where there's no trees and stuff, so it should be good for the footage. Um, hopefully, no, hopefully we don't have any issues with wind because uh, being quite an exposed course, and with lots of jumps and stuff, that can be somewhat sketchy sometimes. But um, I think everyone's pretty pumped. New track, it's good. For, it's good. It's what people want. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the old track is incredible. And, and you'd mm. always be a little bit wary if you go and move it to maybe that side of the hill or higher up. But uh, it looks like they've done a really good job. And it's not going to be tame. It's not going to be easy. Um, and that's that's what the riders want. That's what the industry wants. We need new we want exciting you know now there's no not many there's no rider with a track record there no one's really got a huge advantage yeah they did the test race but i think by the time by the time you come to race you've done enough runs so it's nothing to really worry about Mm. no it'd be sick um yeah i think everyone's just frothing like you know we want we want fresh tracks we want new stuff um it keeps it fresh it keeps the you know it doesn't mean you can come in with the you know if you've done well there in the past it doesn't necessarily mean you can do well but just having fresh venues and going to new places is, is cool so it's and i think everyone loves going to andorra it's a sick venue it's it's you're in the mountains it's mountain biking it's pretty cool it's so yeah and we're only four races in there are eight eight race series which is epic it's first time in a long time i think we've had eight world cups plus we got world champs mate what yeah. um are you on the boa system what what's your shoe of choice these days you mix it up oh, i am i am actually i saw yep. i think uh, i saw you switch to the boa crank oh, brothers um, the boa yeah crank brothers are cool they you know they obviously give you a selection of shoes um and then yeah i just busted out a new pair for um for the race in lens hide and um i do like the boa when i'm at home the um the boa crank brothers one is my probably daily driver because um, like it's a, I thought I always, always thought Boa was kind of kooky, <laughs> but um, it's actually so good. You don't have to do the laces or anything. It's so easy to get your shoes on and off. So I just run my Boa ones at home um, every day. Like have a couple of pairs on the go, and um, yeah, big fan, big fan. 
But even the lace one, man, you just, it's kind of got that drawstring. I'm like, the lace one's barely any effort as well. Yeah, I know. But the bow, it's just like, you just, you just turn the dial and you've got, yeah. And then you just pop it to like release it. And it's, um, yeah, it's man. And I, you know. I was similar to you, but uh, the boa ones went on my uh, trip to uh, Europe and Iceland as well. I was like, I mm. like the look of the other one, but then again, these these look good and they are zero effort. So yeah, yeah this is uh, it's the zero effort. Yeah, you know, when you've been doing this long enough, you you know, you got to be efficient with things. But uh, thanks to Eddie Masters, this was your Crank Brothers, as you heard. DH Race Review, they're synonymous with downhill racing, which is awesome that they back this podcast, so they bring it to you. So thank them. Go check out their stuff. They've won 11 years in a row of elite world champs. Can they do 12? Leger is coming up later. We see it in Eddie Masters. We see it with Bernard Kerr, Lucas Shaw that we spoke about, Laurie Greenan we didn't get to speak about. He missed his qualification time or he didn't get up time so maybe that hurt him and then cammy qualified fastest then got second so yeah go check out their stuff thanks again to eddie masters and we'll see you on the next one you know what to do if you enjoyed it share it with a friend send eddie a message and thank him for getting up at 6 a.m because now he's got to get in a car and drive tandora and go perform at a race but he's a race fan so yeah like subscribe you know what to do peace guys <laughs>